anywhere, anytime. And it's just wherever you need it, you can just go online and get it. Just tell your smart device to play 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, Alexa. Yes, I'm listening. Play 93.9 The Eagle. Thanks for listening. Live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. Get ready, pal. Good morning. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. I'm Randy Tobler. There's producer Hannah. Hello. Oh, Hannah, you doing okay? It sounds. Like... I'm here. <laughs> oh, you're so resilient and tough and disciplined to come in and take care of things. There's Stephanie Bell. I'm here. I'm feeling good, but the crud is going around. And you have perfect vision. Thank and you very I have much. perfect vision. <laughs> <laughs> jo- John, figuratively John and literally. <laughs> That's literally, right. I'm right, telling right. you, in many ways, perfect <laughs> laser-like vision. How you doing, John? Good, good. That's good. Joining us now is Andrew Bailey, the Attorney General of the State of Missouri, and uh, we thank you for joining us, General Bailey. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, I noticed that you joined with uh, several other attorneys general across the land to fight another onslaught on parental freedom, freedom of religion. Where do I stop? Tell us the story and what in the world are they doing us now? Well, this you're exactly right. This is Biden's yet another Biden attack on freedom of religion in, in the United States of America. And so we're fighting back. What he's done is create a federal rule that says if you want to be a foster parent in America and open your house, open your home to kids in need of care, then you have to swear an oath of allegiance and loyalty to a radical transgender ideology that maybe conflicts with your values or your core religious beliefs. And so uh, we're not going to stand for it in the state of Missouri. It violates the Constitution. The Supreme Court has already struck down similar provisions in the case of Fulton v. City of Philadelphia. So he knows it's unconstitutional, illegal, and we're going to hold him accountable. So what does this mean? What exactly happened? I uh, I guess there's a communication that goes there. Is there like sort of a letter first, and then if they don't respond, is it a this is an HHS proposed rule, right? That's right. Yeah, he's proposed a federal regulation, and so this, this is unconstitutional on different levels. Number one, it violates the uh, free uh, freedom of religion because if you want to be a foster parent, you then have to, uh, you know, potentially violate your religious beliefs. And and again, that that is unconstitutional. Uh, it's already been struck down in, in a similar context elsewhere in a different case. So he knows it's unconstitutional. But it also, yeah, I mean, this is more federal overreach of the administrative state. You've got unelected federal bureaucrats who are making decisions that affect our everyday lives. And think about this, 13,000 children in the state of Missouri are in foster care and in need of loving homes. Why is the, the Biden administration trying to reduce the number of available homes for those kids in need? Yeah, I mean, this is really, it's, it's taking away uh, opportunities, and Lord knows we need more good homes for kids, right? I mean, aside from the, you know, just the insult and the assault on, on parents and their sensibilities, it's just more of this extension of uh, children being allowed to really, you know, call the shots and eventually, in many cases, harm themselves, right? With stuff that would have approved, you know, we know that most of these kids, especially ones with the rapid onset gender dysphoria, so-called, will will self it'll correct with with regular mental therapy mental health therapy right and so they don't need all of the radical surgery the hormonal therapy and all that 
Yeah, that's right. And look, in the state of Missouri, when it comes to the child welfare law, is the, the, the stated explicit policy of the state of Missouri that our child welfare code, in other words, the, the, the goal of kids in foster care is to serve the best interests of the child, not to serve radical left-wing ideology coming from bureaucrats in Washington. And I would point out, too, that Section uh, 210.660 adopted the prud- reasonably prudent parent standard into uh, Missouri the, the Missouri foster care system. And so what that says is, to your, your point directly, is that, look, when kids come to foster homes and they have gender dysphoria, we need to get them the, the appropriate treatment, the mental health treatment, psychology, psychiatry, and, and show love to those children by getting them the health care they need, not by enabling, uh, you know, bad science, bad medicine, and harm, further harming the kids. That would violate state statute. So the federal rule clearly violates state statute and the Constitution. That's why we're fighting back. All right. Well, we'll have to see. I guess if it gets finalized, then, you know, and they ignore your plea, you know, and you've joined, what was it, it's a total of 19 other attorneys general? I mean, there's, it's a big... Yeah, and let me be clear. This is a demand letter. We demand that the, the HHS, the federal agency responsible for this pernicious rule, cease and desist from promulgating this rule. If they uh, move forward with this unconstitutional, illegal mandate, we will file suit. And so this is serious. We're not going to let Joe Biden hold foster kids hostage uh, while he pushes his radical left-wing agenda. And as a former foster parent who's adopted kids out of the foster system, I know firsthand how negatively this can impact the, the health, welfare, and safety of children who are in the, the, the most dire situations who need the most care. All right. Uh, I know, Brian, You, uh, we're talking with the Missouri's Attorney General, uh, Andrew Bailey. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, General Bailey, we've got some other issues. I know Brian and John both have a couple things they'd like to talk with you about. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, th- thank you so much, General Bailey. We always appreciate you joining us live and, and taking time out of your busy schedule um, to uh, to join us. An issue I'd like to ask you about, and I know I've asked you about it several times, and you've answered as best you can um, earlier this year, but let's get an update. Um, you mentioned uh, the last story I think I did with you was in April and May, May as well. And these were allegations made on the record by former Mexico hospital employee Marissa Hagedorn and by State Representative Kent Hayden that money was taken out of hospital employees' checks for care, health care, at the Mexico and Fulton hospitals, but the company did not pay the insurance premiums. And I know you told me at the time your office would use every legal mechanism at their, at their basically at your disposal to find justice for those impacted. Can, can you give our listeners an update on what the status is of that investigation? because I know it takes time. Yeah, it, it, it does take time. And unfortunately, you know, the, the process moves slowly. Uh, under Missouri Consumer Protection Law, the Attorney General's Office subpoenas financial records. And those are often quite complicated. And you have to have, a, you know, the, the right kind of forensic analysis to be able to go through those documents and identify uh, if there was deception and fraud, and certainly uh, that's the a- accusation that's been made. And if it's there, we're going to find it. And, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, it's going to become either a civil suit for compensation for victims or it, it can be a criminal matter. You know, when you've got instances of, of theft, of, of deception, that, uh, you know, stealing by deceit, those those violate the criminal code as well. That investigation is ongoing. My commitment to, to the people of Missouri is that we're going to continue to pursue it. I live in rural Missouri. There's one uh, hospital left in the Herman area, and, you know, I understand how uh, the, the, the shuttering of these hospitals impacts these communities. Uh, and we've got to support rural Missouri. I mean, it's hard to have agriculture if the next generation can't come home to the farm because there's no town. And if there's not infrastructure like hospitals, it's hard to recruit that next generation of uh 
you know, farmers back to the, to the home, to, to the employees that were negatively impacted. Now, our hearts go out to those victims as well, and we'll continue to pursue justice. And I promise you, you will be uh, the, the first uh, contact we make once we reach a resolution on that issue. I, I appreciate that, General Bailey, and I appreciate you updating our listeners as well, and thanks for your time. General, talk to us about uh, you weighed in on the dispute battle going on between Elon Musk and the Media Matters for America group over allegations of anti-Semitism on X, formerly Twitter. Yeah, well, what happened here is, first of all, Media Matters is cleverly disguised as some kind of media group. They're not. They're a liberal uh, hate group, an advocacy group that, that spews lies and hatred. And one of the things they've done is hijack Twitter in an attempt to manipulate it to uh, hold Elon Musk and his business hostage. The, the ultimate goal here by Media Matters is to shut down the public forum for free speech. This is an attack on free speech by using deceptive practices to achieve that objective and to hold Elon Musk hostage and make it appear as if he is somehow uh, you know, harboring anti-Semitism, which is not the case. And so one of the things we're looking at is, you know, th- this group is a 501c3. Have they received contributions, donations from people in Missouri? And, uh, you know, at the end, uh, uh, the law says that you cannot use deceptive practices to obtain those, <coughs> excuse me, those contributions if you're a 501c3. That violates state statute. It's something we're looking very closely at. Uh, proud to be leading the nation on this issue. It is high time that we fight back against these left-wing hate groups that will, will lie, cheat, and steal and extort businesses like this. And at the end of the day, they can't win the argument on the merits, so they're trying to shut down free speech, and, and we're not going to let that happen. Uh, General Bailey, I am so troubled with some information that was reported yesterday and is making the entire uh, people across this country who appreciate and cherish their freedom uh, absolutely struggling here. Perhaps you saw where Jack Smith, it's come out that some redacted um, documents, uh, subpoenas uh, that have been released uh, from Jack Smith's investigation into President Trump and the January 6th thing, basically uh, subpoenaed records of anyone that either uh, retweeted, connected with, tried to message, followed, unfollowed President Trump. And apparently there's a database in the DOJ now. I mean, this is chilling stuff. This is 1984 Orwellian stuff. What say you? Yeah, hey, George Orwell, on his most creative day, could not have come up with this nadir of depravity. This is the two-tier justice system at work. You remember in the 1970s when uh, President Nixon was accused of using the IRS to go after political opponents or trying to have John Lennon, uh, uh, you know, uh, his his, uh, visa revoked uh, because he spoke out against Nixon. And what a terrible thing that was that the government had been weaponized. President Biden does that every day. The deep state does that every day against conservatives. It is viewpoint discrimination. It is a, a political attack with the mechanisms of federal government against anyone who disagrees with them. And it violates our constitutional rights. The Constitution exists to protect us from the government, and yet here the government is being weaponized to attack our values in violation of the Constitution. You know, we've exposed this in the case of Missouri v. Biden, where we've shown that the government was censoring speech on big tech social media platforms, and now the the law enforcement apparatus of the federal government is using that same apparatus, the same techniques to go after political opponents and anyone that agrees with President Trump. One of the things that was found in our case, Missouri v. Biden, against government censorship on big tech is that the uh, you know, oftentimes big tech will acquiesce 
to the demands of the Department of Justice because of the inherent law enforcement authority of the Department of Justice. And certainly we see that's happening here. Firm that we demonstrated in court in Missouri v. Biden that not only were the speaker's voices silenced, but that there was self-censoring going on in perpetuity even today is exactly like you point out, the chilling effect that this kind of behavior has on speech. We are less likely, people are less likely to go on social media and talk about election interference, talk about President Trump, talk about COVID because of the fears of things like this. And this demonstrates it's still going on. And that's why building a wall of separation between tech and state is so important. That's what the case Missouri v. Biden is all about. Okay, and I get that. And I mean, I'm glad you're making that assault. But, you know, we talk about DOJ and in this case, uh, you know, the prosecutor Jack Smith. My concern is, do we have a corrupt bench Where was the judge that authorized this search warrant? So if you connected with, blocked, muted, uh, notified, retweeted anything with Donald Trump's account, you're now apparently some kind of a suspect in the eyes of the the DOJ because you're on that list. And I should mention that they also requested, and I assume got, the IP addresses of all your devices. I mean, this is... Why would any judge in his right mind allow that? What what What's wrong with the bench, General Bailey? Well, yeah, that's exactly right. The bench is supposed to, you know, oversee these things and ensure that the, the proper evidentiary thresholds are met and that the, the uh, suspects and ultimately the defendant's constitutional rights are protected. And that system has failed time and time again. It is high time that there be increased oversight over Biden's Department of Justice. Uh, you know, th- this is... Uh, Department of Injustice, the two-tier justice system that's designed to p- attack political opponents uh, and, and President Trump, and, and that it's been weaponized in a way that was unfathomable to our founding fathers. And mm. so we, we've got to fight back. You know, one of the things we're doing in Missouri v. Biden is building that wall of separation between tech and state. I think one of the things Congress needs to do is appoint, appoint an inspector general or compliance with the, the court order that we've obtained, and that would uncover things like this. You know, when you've got federal officials who are, that's another layer of review, another layer of transparency to, to ensure a check and balance is in place so that uh, the constitutional rights of American citizens with, with differing political viewpoints are respected and, and uh, not violated. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, for sorting that out. I mean, I, I thought I was missing something here, but I mean, I read this was, I saw it on Newsweek. That's no, that's no right-wing rag after all, you know, and I mean, like, holy cow, this is, well, I can't believe this. I think the scariest part about it is the left has gone along down this primrose path. That somehow government censorship, you know, government uh, viewpoint discrimination by the government is somehow okay. That was never okay. If the government doesn't like what's being said, it can offer counter speech, but it can't silence or suppress speech either through direct censorship or through coercion, which is the chilling effect that this kind of behavior has on speech. And so, uh, again, you know, the, the Constitution exists to protect us from the government. The government exists to protect our rights here. Both of those principles are being violated. All right. Andrew Bailey, Missouri's Attorney General. We thank you for joining us and uh, being a guardian of the Constitution. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on and covering these important stories. Look forward to talking soon. All right. Keep an eye on your 401k, on the precious investments that you make. Free investment advice. From Stephanie Bell when we come back <laughs> no, in the morning. Not. Bell. Just exactly. kidding, just kidding. <laughs> On Wake Up Mid Missouri, we'll be back. <laughs> this is Wake Up Mid Missouri. It's time.
for making Wake Up Mid-Missouri your number one choice in the morning. The markets are feeling good this morning. All of them are in the green. The Dow is up nearly half a percent. That's pretty big time. Yeah. Uh, S&P and NASDAQ um, up less than that, but still up. So GDP was uh, revised upward for the third quarter. So, I believe yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And and people were spending like crazy on Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all that. So I know they were doing that buy now, pay later plan. I think. Uh, yeah. I hear that more and the debt is rising. People are spending more personal debts up. John, this is a peculiar behavior, don't you think? It is a little bit. I think, you know, when we, when we talk to the economists and the guys from small business and all, you know, you would think it would all track along and everything would sort of roll back, but it, that's not what it's showing, is yeah. it? Yeah. It isn't. Well, I have to get back on my Elon Musk fangirling because I've been off of that for a bit. But yesterday he made big time news. If you haven't seen what he said, you need to go to Twitter because we cannot play it. We have to the... redact it. If yeah, we, we, it, we are yes. not going to play it on the radio. <laughs> but he did say some other stuff. So basically, uh, he was asked about these advertisers who've been out there saying uh, we're going to pull our advertising. And he said uh, the F word, um, basically. And then he repeated it and said, is that clear? And then he actually said, are you out there, Bob? Which is a reference to Bob Iger, who's the CEO of Disney, who's one of the ones who's been out there saying, we just don't feel comfortable supporting X. Um, So he's like naming names and telling people to bleep off, which is hilarious and very Elon Musk. Um, But he also said when asked, um, there's a real weakness in wanting to be liked. I don't have that. And I think that's a lesson we can all learn. I think a lot of us are... um, susceptible to it's true uh to wanting to be liked and uh if more people behave like elon musk i think our world would be a better yeah. place I, I i don't know about y'all but i tend to i think we all fall into that well i just want to be like we're really isn't what we shouldn't our goal be to be respected as long as you're respected i don't care if people agree or disagree i just like to yeah. be respected yeah. i think that's right yeah i think that's right and i think uh good on elon musk i think yeah. He's done a lot of things that should be respected. Speaking of Disney, did you see the Babylon Bee headline where they said that uh, uh, the uh, um, Disney is going to get the new defense contract because they've been making more bombs than Lockheed Martin? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. All right. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about what the... Tell your friends. You listen to Wake Up in Missouri. Six on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Randy Tobler in from the afternoon show. I'll see you tonight, tonight's afternoon show, along with Stephanie Bell. Good morning. There's Brian Houseworth. Good morning. John Great to see Marsh. You. Yes, sir. And producer Hannah. Hello. Forging through the early <laughs> the early part of what seems like a winter cold. Yeah. You'll get it over with and then the rest will be smooth sailing. I sure hope so. Last year I think I had strep three times in six weeks. Wow. That's that's brutal. That makes you a strep. She had she had strep throat. I remember, and I had a a new uh, a sinus infection. It yeah. was kind of going around. Yeah, it was bad. It was yeah. it was terrible. And a lot of people, if you go to the pharmacy, you'll see a lot of people are struggling with yeah. some stuff right now. So, be safe. Just keep washing yeah. your hands we, as best you can. We trust that uh, Treasurer Vivek Malik is uh, hearty and hale and healthy as he checks in with us today. How you doing, Vivek? Very good, Randy. Thank you. Thank hey. you to all the. Uh, 93.9 as well. And I wanted to talk with you, because uh, we have several things to talk about. We don't want to, you know, I think of you, you know, all throughout the year as sort of the 
365 little Santa Claus, you know, throughout the year. We'll talk about that program later. Uh, and I know it's not your gifts, but you're just making sure that the, you're the conduit for people money. We'll talk about that. Uh, but you're, you've got a problem with Missouri's funds being invested in China, huh? Tell us about it. So uh, what I, or as the state treasurer, I believe it is my duty and obligation to make sure that our taxpayers get the best rate of return possible, especially our retirees who have worked hard for the state and now in, are on their uh, last leg when they need that care. And uh, I believe that at this time it is uh, not a wise decision to have our investments in China. Not only is the communist nation an active adversary of America, China is just a bad investment today. It's just not, it, it seems like, I mean, this sort of is a tangential issue to, I think, the whole the whole deal with investing or, or having China invest in our property and our, you know, land and being able to purchase land here. I know that, you know, there have been, uh, you know, Senator Hawley and others have gone after that. But I, we just really shouldn't contribute to their coffers. I guess that's the general strategy here, right? That is right. And and I am looking at more from a, uh economic perspective. Uh, from the number standpoint, we had a presentation at the board which clearly told us in the last 15 years and uh, any investment in the emerging markets uh, with China or ex-China, the ex-China markets have uh, done way better than the China with, with China markets. So especially after COVID in the last four years or so, it has been very sluggish, and I do not know why we would have our money in China, especially when communist China also allies itself with Russia and other bad actors on the international stage. Uh, I know that Moshe's acted last year to divest in uh, Russia after its invasion of Ukraine, and uh, senior U.S. military officials have argued China is preparing to invade Taiwan, which could escalate conflict and make our investments in China even more riskier and unstable. So uh, based on all these things and with the current economy China is having, with this deflation, its shrinking workforce, slow recovery from the pandemic, I think China is the wrong investment at the wrong time. Have you been talking to folks over at the legislature? Do you expect them to take any action on this through the state budget process in the spring? Uh, I am very hopeful, and I have urged, I wrote an opinion piece on this uh, just uh, last Friday, that uh, that was was one of the comments during the Moses meeting, and I said, well, if that's the case, then I urged the legislature to take up this issue, and I hope somebody will be filing uh, a bill, and hopefully pre-filing a bill, and I'll be definitely testifying in favor of that. Uh, Treasurer Malik, we appreciate you joining us live. I've de- I definitely have read your um, your op-ed, if you will, and your 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 press release on this issue. I want to make sure I am reading this this correctly because I know a lot of our listeners are going to be surprised at this number. But you're saying that the, you're saying right now there is two hundred million dollars of Missouri state retirees pensions pension funds tied up in communist China. Am I reading that correctly? That is correct. Oh, man. $200 million. How did that happen? How How is that possible? Well, there is investments that are in the emerging markets, and China is part of the emerging markets. So over the last uh, 15 to 18, 20 years, it has been, uh, before pandemic at least, it has been uh, a, a 
okay investment. It never fared well uh, when you compare it with the markets which are ex-China, not including China. Over the last 15 years, it had not done any anything better than that. But in the last four years, uh, your money in China has not making giving us any returns. So uh, I, I don't see, and with the current geopolitical situation and all, I, I just do not see in this in future going in any other direction. Oh, man, that's something. We're talking with Missouri's treasurer, Vivek Malik, uh, to this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Vivek, I know you've been making the rounds talking up the uh, Mobux low interest loan program. Some of us who've covered news here in Missouri for a long time remember when Wendell Bailey, when he was state <laughs> treasurer, came up with this back in the day. Talk to us about that program. It's great for small business. It's also good for some of our ag producers. Yes, it is a wonderful program, and I am grateful to Treasurer Wendell Bailey when he started that back in early 80s. But uh, over the course of time, as the interest rates uh, went down and were historically low, there's not much interest in Mobux, and there's not much gain you would get by invest- getting a loan through Mobux. But especially in the last two years when inflation has been high and the high, high, high uh, uh, tax rates have been breaking the backs for small businesses and farmers, I I think uh, this has come as a savior for all of our small businesses, and especially in the agriculture sector, too. And I had just recently finished my 44-county tour just educating people about Mobux and what the benefits that can be uh, reaped from this program. Uh, I'm just... Uh, astonished to find out that how much lack of education is there about this program. The second thing was that we do not have any marketing budget for Mobux especially. So I said, well, I am going to be the marketing salesman for Mobux because for our state, these small businesses are the economic engine for our state. They keep the gears in motion. And for our farmers, they are the ones who have been facing hardships since 2019 with flood, with drought this year and last year. And they have been constantly just uh, pushed. Uh, and so any small help that we can offer from the state treasurer's office, I said, I'm going to take on the road and go and talk about uh, Mobux to let people know that we have a program that we are going we're working with legislators to increase the cap on that so that we can help more and more small business and farmers and even local governments to get the loans at low, low interest cost and help them through these tough times. And uh, in the spirit of the holiday uh, giving spirit coming from the office there of the treasurer, uh, and in a time when people are having to spend more just to keep up with what they bought last year if they want to try to, you know, keep apples to apples, um, we should remind people about the unclaimed property program. It's great. I took yeah. advantage of it this year, and uh, it, it really was something I hadn't done previously. <laughs> Absolutely, Randy. I, I would say uh, this: there are the two programs which caught my attention very quickly as I assumed the office back in January. And uh, just tell you a little story. I came to this country with just three hundred dollars, and uh, you'd be surprised. After twenty-two years, when I assumed the office, I had my director sign me a, a, a claim form. And when I asked what this is, and he said, "You have four hundred seventy-six dollars of unclaimed property." <laughs> so I I had more. 
more unclaimed property than the money I came into this country. <laughs> wow. So, so, so I would say go to showmemoney.com and claim your money. It is people's money. It is Missourians' money. It is not the state government's money. And it is doing nobody any good while it is sitting with the state government. Well, so it, and, and check I don't it know. Out on showmemoney.com. I, you know, I, I had, I had, dip my toe into that water several years ago in a different office, maybe two treasurers ago, and it just seemed gargantuan. It just seemed like it was a, there were, the hurdles were high. Ha, has that been streamlined, or am I just, I, did, did Sheree Tolson Rice just finally, you know, arm wrestle me into it, and I did it? I mean, it, it just didn't seem that tough. Didn't seem that tough. Well, I, it is getting streamlined, and we are getting lo- using a lot of new resources and research tools to find people to return their money on their own, first of all. And uh, the process is streamlined online. Now you can just uh, claim the, this money online, filing a form online. Uh, and it is a constant process. We are updating our systems to make it even more smoother for people. But again, we have $1.2 billion, and, uh, and I just tell everybody, hey, this is the office where we just you know, help people and uh, in these tough times and especially in these giving times of holiday spirit um, just check not only for you but for your neighbors for your friends for your relatives and call them up and say hey if I find you another $88 will you take me out to lunch well that'd be a good Sounds point great. you bring up a great point the last time he was with us Randy he mentioned Norm Stewart and Gary Pinkle <laughs> both had unclaimed property so Norm and Gary <laughs> there you if go. you're listening you have unclaimed Claim property. All right. And he, all you got to do is call Vivek. All righty. Hey, thanks, Vivek Malik, for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. There he is. Uh, when we come back, uh, it's not always happy holidays. Sometimes it's holiday blues. We'll talk with the good people from Centerpoint Hospital in just a few minutes here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri as we wrap it up this morning on a beautiful Thursday. Thanks for being here. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's number one rated morning show. Uh, you might want to fact check that. Welcome back to Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. Thanks for being with us. You know, um, holiday times are happy and jolly and full of fun and frivolity. That almost rhymed. But... Sometimes you look at the missing chair at the table, the quip that isn't there this year that was there last year, and other reasons that people are in a valley, not on a mountaintop right now. And uh, that's why we thought it important to uh, to talk with the good people from Centerpoint Hospital. And joining us now is licensed professional counselor Elizabeth Atkinson, new inpatient clinical services director. How are you doing, Elizabeth? Thanks for being with us. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good morning. So, good morning to you. And ironically and paradoxically, uh, the holiday blues are a real thing. And sometimes it gets serious. It gets real serious. Tell us about it. Absolutely. The holiday blues, sometimes we hear it's a bit called winter blues. Um, There's actually a professional name for it, which is seasonal affective disorder. Um, It's generally a result of shorter days with us having less sunlight, colder temperatures. Um, There is a difference between the seasonal affective disorder and generalized depression or major depression, depressive disorder. Seasonal affective disorder generally lasts three to four months in length. Um, however, depression can last a lot longer. 
And I know that I have patients that, you know, come, oh, you know, September, October, they go on a, on a, there's a particular medicine that's very helpful for seasonal affective disorder. And then, yeah, late April, early May, you know, as the we're getting more and more sun, it tends to help things a lot. Um, light therapy can be helpful. But talk therapy is really important in these times, too. Whether it's a seasonal affective disorder or whether it's actually holiday blues, because look all around me, everyone's having fun, and my life ain't so good, right? Absolutely, and there's such a build-up to the holidays. You know, once once uh, 4th of July is done, then you've got school starting, and then you have to look forward to, you know, Halloween, and then all of a sudden the holidays are upon us. Um, so it, there's this great build-up, and a lot of times that allows us to push those things that are really weighing on our mental health um, down. And then whenever, you know, these days are shorter and it's dark at 5 or 5.30, then you're sitting there starting to think about things, um, and those symptoms become really um, relevant in your life. Um, and you're right, there's a lot of medication management um, that is effective for, you know, any mental disorder, and that's something that we can offer here at Centerpoint Hospital. Um, but you're right, talk therapy is also another thing, just getting those things out. And it's, it's very important. And there's a lot of symptoms that we can watch for, too, in our friends and family. Yeah, what should I be watching for? I mean, everyone has a bad day, but what, what types of things could I look for that then maybe it's something beyond a bad day? Right. So the first thing I think about is that when that time changes, we all gripe about it, right? It's hard to get used to. Um, however, when you notice family that just really, they're not adjusting to it at all. You know, it's taking a lot longer. You know, you're noticing they have a change in appetite. There's that increased isolation, sleeping more often, you know, heck, it's dark now, so I might as well go to sleep. Um, it kind of gets in this cycle. Um, I kind of consider some of these symptoms to be silent. So I think it's just really important to also check on your friends and loved ones. Um, just asking the simple questions of how are you doing? You know, a lot of times we go through this autopilot of how are you? I'm fine. You um, actually sit down and ask, you know, how are you doing? What's what's going well in your life? What are we struggling with? Um, and checking in. And a lot of times, um, if this is something that they have dealt with every single winter, then it may just be something, oh, this is just how I am. It doesn't have to be like that. You can reach out and get you know, the talk therapy, you can get the medication management. And sometimes it gets so overwhelming that you're needing some inpatient stay or more intensive services. We're talking with licensed professional counselor and the new inpatient clinical services director at Centerpoint Hospital, Elizabeth Atkinson. Elizabeth, talk to us about substance abuse and holiday depression and all how that can come combine to compound the issue somebody drinking too much and now that uh, legal marijuana is on the market yeah absolutely um, we have to understand how these substances um, react with our normal metabolic um, breakdown you know within our bodies um, there's a lot of glamorizing these things especially around the holidays um, it's almost to be expected in some of these holiday gatherings um, it's a um, a lot of times it's you know an easy gift for someone to give somebody a bottle of wine or things like that so just being aware of what somebody is dealing with whether or not this is something that can lead to further problems um, and kind of like what I alluded to before is you know there's this lead up to the holidays we're all excited and you know it's this natural high and then all of a sudden you're having all these feelings um, a lot of times that's where that substance use comes in because that can numb the feelings that's a temporary fix for these feelings of oh I don't have to deal with it now 
again, I'm getting dark early. That's a big thing. Um, boredom can really can really impact that as well. And knowing what your family history is and what your personality type is as far as whether or not you have an addictive personality or you have addictions in other areas of your life. You know, a lot of times we can pass addictions on from, you know, maybe over-exercising to a substance or, you know, just being self-aware is a, is a huge piece of that. So, Elizabeth, if people are struggling, uh, maybe they have been able to gently recognize and, and talk with and get agreement for one of their loved ones to talk with someone. By the way, that's particularly tough for guys to get to that point when they're willing to talk to someone. Uh, yes. But, boy, um, you, can, you can really head down that road of self-treatment, as John mentioned and you confirmed, uh, and that can get yeah. really bad. It can be deadly over the long term. Uh, where, who should oh, they call okay. real quickly? Yeah, what, that's what's great about Centerpoint Hospital is that we offer complimentary level of care assessments. You can either walk in to our facility or you can even um, give us a call and we can schedule an over-the-phone assessment, which is a lot less intimidating. Okay. Um, our phone number is 573-615-2001 and choose option one. Thanks, Elizabeth. Appreciate it. That'll wrap yep. it up for a busy day on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Thanks for listening. Have a